<clears throat> How close should I be? Um, I say something. How's this? I'm reading poetry. I check one, two, one, two. <laughs> Welcome to Sword Dadpool. Whip on my Kindle, I'm ready for a break. I start to water cause the words are mace. Iris burning up, no blue light filter. Dizzy all of a sudden, my balance off kilter. I just bought a bunny and I named him regret. Tummy can't handle Swiss, so I feed in the cheddar. News just in. Rhyming's not cool, so I ate the newspaper. Ink bled through my stool. Dripped onto paper, formed into questions. Poisoned veins and prevented erections. Made a weird joke, my friends don't get it. Summon the scapegoats, they're the ones that said it. Working on the subway laptop, ate my soul. Cloud ate my data. Story tadpole. Story tadpole, story tadpole. Story in the United States, in California, in Santa Cruz, at the University of California, in Cowell College, in Page Smith Library, in one of the booths between the stacks, the second to last one, I wrote something. Many people write things here. Papers, lab reports, but most important is the graffiti on the wall. Or as Austin Sweeney writes, This is not graffiti. It is social commentary. It is humor. It is history. A penis. A Jesus. A comparison of beers. Love expressed for him or her. I want to write my own. Something to exist on these walls. A record of me. A snapshot of time. Underneath the table it will go in one of the dark corners in the back, where no one will see. I don't really want anyone to see it, just the thought that it might be seen. Welcome to Story Tadpole. This week, I'm so excited because I have a special guest. Um, his name is Hoken. I've known him for, uh, for a while now, and uh, he's a poet based in Santa Cruz. Um, and that poem you just heard, does it, does it have a title? does <clears throat> it's titled left behind dark corner oh very good and if memory serves that was the first poem i ever shared with you yeah i remember we were driving in the car mm -hmm. we were going to that concert i i didn't think it was a very good poem but you loved it yeah i thought it was amazing <laughs> i like how it zooms it like zooms in in the beginning mm -hmm. that part's awesome um so hoken this uh, I'm just gonna ask you some questions. Um, not everything's gonna turn out great. I mean, I didn't really prepare specific questions or anything. I just kind of want to have a conversation and see where it goes. I have had conversations before, so I yeah. feel like I can. I feel up to it. Hell yeah, we got this. Um, all right, my first uh, my first question is: What were you like? What were you like in elementary school? Oh, jeez. I think I was pretty quiet, pretty shy. Um, I liked reading and keeping to myself. Nice. But I also had like a core little group of friends. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever get in trouble? Not in elementary school. Not until middle school. Ooh, middle school. That's when Rebel mm -hmm. Rebel Hogan came out. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened in middle school? Well. What happened is that I was in eighth grade English class and I was pretty bored. So I, I was pretty bored and pubescent. So <laughs> I drew a picture of a naked woman's body. Uh, and on the backside, ever the Joker, I wrote to keep 
read, that was one of the kids in the class, to keep read entertained, just flip over. And then I passed it to read to see what would happen. And his response was to raise his hand in the air and wave the paper around and shout, teacher, teacher, look at what Hoken just passed to me. <laughs> was, was Reed one of your friends? Reed was an asshole. Why? Do you remember why you passed him the note? I did not think that'd be his reaction. I thought it'd be a fun little way to, you know, pass the time. Were you trying to become friends with Reed? And you want, this was kind of like a, like a friendship initiation? Uh, no, this was more like, I had an established, not strong friendship with Reed, mm -hmm. and everyone kind of made fun of him, but also kind of liked him. <laughs> so I was like, this is great, I'll make fun of him in a fun way. Have you, um, have you heard from Reed after that point? <laughs> after that point, no. We, we beat him up and kicked him out of school. <laughs> Reed, that's not how you do things, man. No, nice. actually, I think Reed is a firefighter or something now. Oh, and maybe that's because of you. I think strong, maybe. <laughs> um, so I want to go backwards. I want to rewind a little bit. Let's go back to elementary school. All right. Or even... Even before, if you can remember that far. but Not, not a lot, but... Shoot. That's fine, that's fine. I'm going to put you on the spot, but if you need to think about it, that's fine. Take your time. What, um, I want you to share some memories of, like, your time growing up in elementary school, either at school or not at school. Like, when you think about that time, what are some things that stick out? Honestly, there's one memory more than any other that sticks out, and I don't really know why other than that maybe it was the most victorious moment of those years maybe uh, -huh. uh playing frisbee out on the school play yard and it was like two teams tossing it back and forth over long distance mm -hmm. so it's like it's hard to catch and it's hard to throw over that long distance i detached from the game for a second because i had to tie my shoe so i was crouched down tying my shoe not paying attention to the game and I hear, Hogan, Hogan. And I looked up and opened my hands just in time to like have the Frisbee perfectly slot into my hands. And I caught it <laughs> just at my shoe. I, it touched my shoe and I caught it. And yeah, everyone, the crowd went wild, as they say. <laughs> this was during recess? Mm -hmm. um, that's awesome. So you were like the hero. Basically. You had the reflexes of a ninja. <laughs> what, why do you think that memory stands out to you? I think probably because I was not a very sporty kid. Mm. I was never super physically coordinated. I wasn't wasn't a soccer star or a, I couldn't even do the monkey bars. So Ooh. to do like a sports thing mm -hmm. well was very exciting. Yeah. And also I thought of myself as well like I said I was shy. Mhm. Mm so to have everyone like me felt really good. Uh, so you you were shy, but you wanted to be, you wanted to be the center of attention. <laughs> of course, doesn't everyone? Yeah, I mean, I definitely did as as a kid. But I I kind of assumed that like a lot of the kids around me who were really shy, or even people you know today that I know that are really shy, they don't necessarily want to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. But then I guess there are those people that are shy, but just they do want to be the center of attention. Well, not to get too philosophical here, but maybe it's different levels of wanting. Oh. You know, maybe on one level, 
they do really want to, yeah. but they have so much fear around it huh. that usually they don't want to. They have like anxiety towards being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. That's just speaking from personal experience. I mean, me too. I mean, I've definitely had moments of like, I've definitely had moments of anxiety um, where I feel like I can't be in the spotlight. But um, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time I kind of like it. I've come around since then. I do feel like in our society, a lot of times now, because we have like, it's so easy to separate yourself, you know, to watch Netflix and chill or to just do solitary activities. It's so easy and it can be like so rewarding in terms of instant gratification that it's like it, it just feels safe and fun sometimes to 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 isolate which i don't think necessarily is always a good thing probably not always but i don't know if it's always a bad thing either i would agree got to take time for yourself definitely definitely have to take time for yourself um okay so i i was curious when you were when you were talking about that whole frisbee experience um my so my elementary school was set up like the popular kids mm. were like the ones who were good at sports mm. and actually the most popular kids were the fastest kids if mm. you could run fast you were for some reason really popular wow was that at your school and your elementary school how was the like hierarchy well i'm definitely gonna go somewhat off of middle and high school here yeah. too because i went to school throughout with the same group of kids yeah and also have some kind of amnesia from my elementary school years i mm -hmm. really don't remember a lot <laughs> but it would be nice if we had had that kind of hierarchy where the fastest kids were the most popular were you fast i was i was pretty fast oh, long distance fast <laughs> long distance but maybe that's why have i told you this about how i thought i was not popular i thought i was like one of the school nerds which no. i was but after I graduated, a few years later, I had lunch with some folks I went to school with, some of the popular kids, and they were like, Hoken, you were one of the most popular. What? So maybe... Wait, in high school or, or um, good middle question. school? Good question. Maybe I'm jumping ahead here. Maybe that was high school. Oh. But I guess what I'm saying is maybe I was popular all along because I was a good runner, and I didn't, <laughs> didn't even know it. So that was the reason. There's there's all these other qualities that you had, but the the reason that you were popular is because of your speed. Probably so. And when you say speed, you mean the math I was dealing with. Yeah, that's, people really like that in elementary school. Yeah, it was ahead of your time. Um, so I want you to read another poem. Okay, I'm I can do that. Yeah. I was looking for a poem that's about anxiety or. Um, sports or things like that do you have poems about sports i'd have to go looking for that <laughs> um that's all good but what i do have is sometimes what helps me get through anxiety mm -hmm. is being real about the things that i'm feeling anxious about or that i want to express but that i'm worried mm -hmm. how they'll be received so to deal with my own anxiety in this moment, mm -hmm. I'm going to read a short kind of disgusting poem. Yes. It's untitled. Nice. <laughs> when I began to revel in it, 
That's when I knew it had gone on too long. The stench, like turkey jerky, mingled with something sexual, permeated my world. Present, too, was the smell of freeze-dried food, digested and turned to shit. Two sources, all bad, yet I grew to love. That chocolate stew lay wait in ambush to encounter me most suddenly and directly. <laughs> Should have asked the chocolate you. stew? <laughs> uh, Is it um, okay if I talk about shit and say shit on your program? Please. Okay. Talk as much as you want about shit. I would be offended if you didn't talk about shit. Good. I'm glad I brought my shit poem. Um, I also brought my piss poem. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, maybe I'm going to ask you a few questions about shit then, and then we'll go right into the piss poem. Wonderful. So was this... Did you write this, like, immediately after, like, a particular, you know, experience that you had? (laughs) My memory of this, well, it was backpacking. Mm-hmm. It was while backpacking, which for listeners who have backpacked, and maybe you will be aware that when you're out on the trail, you get more intimate with yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think I probably had farted <laughs> in my tent. Wait, can you say that again? Farted? Farted. <laughs> <laughs> I had a fart. And, so daintily <laughs> well in in opposition to the actual fart itself which was not dainty <laughs> in the slightest i mean it had the stench that inspired this poem oh yes and so i think the chocolate stew waiting in ambush was you know what had created the fart it's interesting because when i initially think about chocolate stew mm-hmm. the thing that comes to head is like mole mm-hmm. and i'm like yum yeah and so You've ruined that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't shit interesting that way? It's so disgusting, but it's formed of things we love so much. Wow. Never actually thought about it like that. Yeah, the things that we like the most, usually, I mean, unless we're being bad to ourselves, are the things we choose to put in our bodies. So our shit is the things that we like the most, just kind of transformed. Just goes to show that everything you love is going to turn to shit. (laughs) But let me be hopeful and if say that if you are into composting, Mm -hmm. you can turn that shit right back into things you love. Yeah. Or even you can just love the shit. That's true, too. Like, um, I don't know if my listeners know. I mean, there's no way my listeners would know. There's no chance I've ever talked about this. But um, I have a guilty confession. You might know this. Because I sometimes share it, but when I am in bed, just myself, um, or even sometimes with, uh, with my partner, um, if I fart, we, have, we, we use separate blankets, my partner and I, so I'm not like torturing her. Mm-hmm. But if I fart, mm-hmm. I will often just pull the covers over my head and let it like hot box. Yeah. And that might sound weird, but... I don't know. I feel like secretly everybody loves the smell of their own farts. I can attest. You can attest. I love the smell of my own farts. Like in the car, dude, when you're in the car by yourself. Yeah. And you just let one go and you just. You know what I'm talking about? It's so putrid and you're just like, this is amazing. Yeah. But how do you feel about other people's farts? Usually terribly. Like, usually it really ruins everything for me. Yeah. Um,. But occasionally I'll, I'll smell one that reminds me of my own. Mm. And I'm like, 
Oh my god. You're like, I could appreciate it. If this was my fart, I'd feel yeah. real good about yeah. it. Yeah. I like subtly move closer to that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, not to bring things back to me here, but that's, I think, some of what's in that poem. Yeah. Is when I began to revel in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when you realized that you, your own farts were something worth, <laughs> were, were valuable. Yeah, that poem is a record of a big transition moment in my life when I grew to love my own. That was the turning point on this trip. I wish I could say that. I've loved my farts since I was, <laughs> since I was a lad. Hogan, this is why you weren't popular in elementary school, because you would just stand in the corner and fart and just put a little blanket shield over yourself. I liked it. I thought everyone else would like it, too. It's like, come into my blanket corner. Okay. It smells great. No, no, I, I'm on your team, Matt. I wish you'd I'm gone to elementary side. school with me. It would have been you and me in the corner. Would have changed a lot. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think maybe we should just go directly into the uh, in the P1. Great. All right. You actually have a P1? I do. Right. I think you've heard this one. Okay. It's called Yellow Bubbles. I'm peeing into your pee. My flaccid penis adding volume to the yellow you let mellow. The bubbles twist and writhe, geometric patterns and transparent beauty apparent in the pee. Confined in my sterile three by five foot excrement excretion chamber, I ponder the penis that brought me here. Tis flaccid now, but this only speaks to the transient nature of life for a mere 12 hours ago, it was hard as can be, and for you, I excreted a different sort of fluid. But there is beauty in both, release in both, and because you feel almost as close in my heart as you do in the flesh, the only thing distinguishing this moment from that is that this is happening now. That too was once a now, but it is now a was once. Will you too be a was once? I leave my stall, and the mundanity of existence rushes back to me. The beautiful yellow bubbles are gone, flushed down the toilet, caught perhaps in the pipe bend of memory. But really, the only thing that will make them real again is another trip to the bathroom stall. I love that. The crowd's going wild. I feel so happy. <laughs> that was... Um... That really hit me somewhere where I wanted to be hit. In the penis? <laughs> yeah, right in the penis. Um, um, so, oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? I was not going to say something. All right, well, then I want to talk about this poem that you just read. I'm so happy. So let me ask you first, What was there a specific moment that uh, inspired this one? Or was this just like a realization that you've had that you have been thinking about it was a specific moment but i kind of want to hear your impressions before i okay tell you that okay um this is what i think happened i think you had had you know sex oh i know <laughs> so you had some sex you know and then maybe Afterwards, you had to pee, so you got up to go to the bathroom, and you, you know, you took out your penis, and you're like, oh my god, this tool does a bunch of different things, which is cool, and it, and it, it grows and shrinks, and it's hard and soft, and really, 
it's kind of like life. And I, I could see you standing there over the toilet like you've already finished peeing. Like there's nothing coming out, but you're just standing there looking at the penis. Sorry, your penis. I should say the penis. <laughs> the universal penis. Yeah, you're looking at the penis and you're like, what is this? And then you, uh, then you wrote a poem about it. Yeah, I guess I should have called that my penis poem more than my pee poem. <laughs> but you're not far off. I think I had had sex, some sex, mm -hmm. the previous night. Mm -hmm. And then this was the next day. Yeah. I think I was high uh, on some marijuana, mm -hmm. and I went to pee, and like the poem says, there was already some pee in there. Oh. And listeners may know the experience of peeing into pee, and it really froths up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and because of the, the marijuana, I really was affected by the, the frothing and the bubbling of the pee. Why does it do that? I'm not a chemist, and I don't have an answer. It's so weird, because it's like, you're pouring the same stuff into itself. Yeah. Like, why would that bubble up? It's, I mean, but when bubbles are forming, that means something's turning into gas, right? Mm, good Or, point. like, gas is being released. Well, but if you poured soap into soap, it would kind of do that too, right? Maybe. Do you pee soap? <laughs> I sincerely hope that my pee is not soap. Could Actually, I take that back. I hope it is soap. That'd be really handy. Yeah. Just pee on your dishes and you're done. <laughs> but yeah, I spent a solid half hour, maybe closer to an hour, just in the stall writing that poem. You wrote the poem in the stall? Oh yeah, I didn't leave. Holy crap. I was like, I gotta hold on to this, this inspiration. Was this a public stall? Sort of. It was in my dorm. Did so. it? I think other people came and went during that time, yeah. Did, was anyone like, Hogan, what are you doing well, no in one... here writing, like, something? <laughs> are you drawing me? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> no one could, no one, no one knew. Oh, that's good. They didn't know. Oh, so you were, you were in your own individual. Yeah. It wasn't just like a, it wasn't a, a urinal. Okay. I was peeing into a toilet. Which begs the question... If you were peeing, why were you in the Ooh. the stall? Now there's a really good question. I have not the faintest idea. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say that you were like one of those people that always pees sitting down, mm. even though you, you uh, don't have to. I don't always do that. Mm -hmm. I was going to make a joke about me being a liar because that poem is a lot about a penis and I was going to say I don't actually have a penis which is why I sat down <laughs> but no crucially to form the bubbles I was standing I uh. stood and peed into the bowl uh. I do I mean like the urinals okay but I do think like if, if there's a stall available even if I'm not going to be pooping in there it is nice to like have your own little compartment, mm -hmm. even if you're just peeing. Mm -hmm. It's true, but I'm really kind of perplexed now. I don't know why I went in there. What do you do? You have any idea of like what possibly could have happened? I've got to blame it on the, the weed. <laughs> you were stoned. Yeah, you were like, this is the only option. 
I was scared. You ever like have a pee so good coming, you know it's gonna be like really relieving that you're like, I wanna take some space, take some time and just really enjoy this. Oh yeah. Maybe that's what was going on. Yeah. Well when I when I pee this might be TMI. No, it's not TMI. I think when I pee it ever since I was little it hurts a little bit. I don't know if that's like a normal thing or not, but I, I just I would say you're you've maybe had an STD since you were little. <laughs> Is that a sign of that? It's it's a sign, yeah, of chlamydia, I think. Well, we should all get tested. We should all, you know, we should, it's a good idea to uh, always get tested to know if you have these things. You should get sponsored by chlamydia. <laughs> I was gonna say Planned Parenthood, but that works too. <laughs> I I should get sponsored. Which reminds me, if you uh, want to sponsor Story Tadpole, contact me, eric.joshgrossman at gmail.com. Send me your credit card information. Um, expiration date, security code would be preferred. Anyways, back to uh, the interview. Tell me about after. So this was kind of like your elementary school, middle school experience. Mm-hmm. What was your experience in high school? Do you think you changed a lot from middle school kind of to high school? I would say so. I uh, started wearing deodorant at some point in there. <laughs> that, that was a big one for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that change. I also, I was thinking about this the other day. I got hit mm-hmm. in the brow, my left eyebrow, with a bouncy ball mm-hmm. at top speed. Uh, and it's given me headaches to this current day. Well, not today, yesterday. I was in the gym yeah. in middle school. Mm-hmm. And it was lunchtime not a lot of people in the gym Mm -hmm. me and my friends were throwing a bouncy ball around really fun game if you have an entire gym to yourself to just throw a bouncy ball like at the ceiling at the walls see where it goes but what's not fun is when it bounces back and hits you very hard in the face was this like a big bouncy ball or one of those I'd call it medium-sized. But they're hard, I guess. I would also say it was thrown by by far the strongest person I was hanging out with in that moment. Oh, my God. So do you remember the path that this ball took to get to you? I want to say it was kind of like up into the corner mm-hmm. and then right back at me. It was Whoa, like, so it, like, it was like it hit all the sides of the wall at the same time and went like directly back at you. It was immediate, yeah. It wasn't like bounce, 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 hit me. It was like throw, bounce, smack in the face. And then what, what happened to you after that? I think I literally had to take a week or two off from school because I was debilitated by headaches. Holy crap. Yeah. Did, it, did it give you a concussion? I don't know. I've wondered that. I kind of feel like getting a brain scan. Yeah, you should. Maybe something's going on in there. For a long time, I thought it had to do with my sinuses, Mm -hmm. because I also get the headaches when I get sick. Yeah. I hear that's kind of like a symptom of chlamydia. (laughs) I think you might have it, too. Well, we had our friend who had chlamydia at the time wipe their chlamydia on the ball, so (laughs) it might have transferred to my face. Get tested. It's a smart thing to do. Everyone listening should, you know, get tested. See if you're, you're safe. I got tested just the other month, and if people want to um, give me their emails, I'm happy to send everyone my results. <laughs> I'll give you my email. Okay. I'll, I'll, I would love to see your results. I'll forward it to you. Um, so I'm curious. So you got in the head with this bouncy ball. Did you then go home and say, Mom, Dad, I can't go back to school tomorrow? 
I got hit in the head with a bouncy ball. <laughs> I think it was more like, Mom, Dad, I can hardly see mm-hmm. because I have a splitting headache. Wow. And then they said, Why? Dear, dear son, what is happening to you? Why are you having this headache? That's not how they spoke to me. They said, Why? <laughs> <laughs> and you said, Because you got hit in the head with the bouncy ball? Pretty much. And they're like, you're going to school. <laughs> no, were they were they pretty, uh, were they like, okay. I'm going to have to go back to what I said before about not having a very good memory. Mm. So yeah, I could make up details, but I'm not here to dupe your listeners. Mm. I'm not here to Thank you. pull the wool over your eyes. Yeah. But so I can't can tell fart. you. Yeah. <laughs> Be buried under. <laughs> Just on your face. Face <laughs> gas mask. <laughs> Million dollar invention right there. Um, okay. I want you to read another poem. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, maybe I'll read um, a couple here. Yeah? If that's all right. Yeah. Because I have some that mean more to me. Yeah. Like that last one. And then some that are... Well, this one's called bathroom coffee Mm. only i know the story of the paper cup filled halfway with coffee left on the empty paper towel dispenser in this sparse and dirty bathroom trust me it isn't that interesting (laughs) so that's that poem (laughs) um i want to read another poem like that can I can I ask you a quick question about that? Sure. Um, so you left it there. You left the cup there, and this was your guilt poem. Trust me, it, it isn't that interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. You're an asshole. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want it. You know, so you I know sh- I should leave this. You know what happened after you left the bathroom? Did you walk in? No, I didn't walk in. But somebody walked in and like hit. You know, their back or arm against the uh, dispenser. And that coffee fell on them. Oh, my God. And they had an interview. And so they were all stained up for that interview. And they they didn't get the job. And because they didn't get that job, they had to go and live with their parents. And because they had to go and live with their parents, their uh, partner broke up with them. And, uh, you know, I know the person you're talking about. And I don't... That's not what they told me happened to them. No, <laughs> what did they say? They said they found my bathroom coffee, yeah. and they drank it, and they went to that interview, and they killed it. <laughs> and they got the job. They got the 401k. They got the stock options. They're living in New York City right now. Hell yeah. That's what I heard. I mean, maybe. There's two sides to every story. The power of poetry, that's what I'd like to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you have another one there? I do have another one. Um This one's called A Doodle. Mm. Fleece. Fleece footed. Come down from there. It's not our fleece. Fleet feet. Don't even try. When we went to Greece, we grease. Greased up girlfriend. Go down to the river tonight. I'd love to see her, but you know how busy I am. Ham, 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 ham. Don't you ham? It gives and it goes. To the river? Not tonight. Give me a god for every time I've heard that, and I'll give you a reason for the season. It thought I didn't know. Well, I'll tell you what, I know. And if you'll just get my courage from the trunk, we won't be so out here. Whoa. 
I've never actually heard a poem done like that before. What do you mean by it? It was, it like seemed, that? it seemed very, um, what's that, what's that word that's like a, a stream of consciousness mm-hmm. or like each, each thing was, um, I've de- I mean, I've heard stream of consciousness poems, but I haven't, I haven't heard it. I haven't really heard it done like that. That was really cool. Thank you. Um, is there a story behind this one? I wish I could remember. I can tell you You have that a terrible memory. I really do. That's why, real, real talk, that's why I write poetry. Oh, yeah. You were telling me that. To remember. Yeah. I experience a lot of feelings mm-hmm. in the moment. You know, mm-hmm. there are some moments that are so beautiful or poignant or just, ah, a moment of my life. But if I don't capture it, mm-hmm. I'll probably forget about it. Wow. Or even if I don't forget about it, it'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember. I like from this experience coming to your lavish studio mm, to yes. record so lavish yeah I'll, I'll probably remember like one mental image you know well now we have this recording so that's true we've really thoroughly captured this yeah experience. yeah this is for you this is also that you can remember your experience here oh well good <laughs> um so i don't i can tell you that the girlfriend who i refer to as greased up yeah that was at the time i was dating Shouts out to Audrey Ford, one of my best friends, also the person referenced in the P poem. Oh. Has she heard that poem? Yeah. What did, uh, what did she, did she say anything to you about it? She tends to like my poetry. Once again, I'm going to have to say I don't remember. (laughs) That's fine. Did she, I I was just kind of curious, like, if she, because I'm sure she had a different relationship with your we don't have to get into it (laughs) we don't have to get into it but honestly she was probably annoyed at how philosophical i got over taking a piss (laughs) but no the doodle poem was uh yeah sometimes it is just stream of consciousness sometimes my stream of consciousness is well now i sound like an asshole but profound Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's gibberish but i think even the gibberish has truths to reveal and it, and it can be profound. Mm-hmm. I thought that was profound. Great. <laughs> um, when did you... I'm kind of going to ask an off-topic question. Perfect. But were you always a, a writer? Like, when, when was the point for you where you're like, I love writing. This is what I want to do. Mm, maybe probably just when we started writing essays in school. So like middle school? Hmm. Maybe, maybe right around when I got beamed in the noggin with that bouncy ball. Oh, that's what did it! Oh my god, I, I sharded my pants and then got hit in the head <laughs> and then started writing. <laughs> that's my origin story. You were changed. <laughs> yeah, I always, I loved writing um, essays, but I didn't write poetry until college. Actually, mm. in fact, I did not like poetry. I loved reading, hmm. but poetry I thought was like pretentious and inaccessible and just didn't see the point and then i wrote a poem and i was like i guess i should start reading and enjoying poetry now so so you just didn't like it and then you wrote one and you're like this is good i like this now i liked expressing myself uh yeah it kind of just came to me huh was there so there wasn't like a specific poet or poem that where you're like oh my god this stuff is actually good well, since then, yeah, since I've started mm-hmm. reading poetry, 
there's there's some yeah but it wasn't like oh my god i hate it's, it wasn't like i hate poetry and then you discovered this poem or poet and then you're like wow i was like i hate poetry and well hate's a strong word mm-hmm. strong word but i did not like poetry mm-hmm. and then yeah it, it it came to me and i was like i want to capture this experience yeah and i guess that's a poem and then i understood why you might write a poem why well to capture a moment oh there are other reasons yeah apparently yeah (laughs) apparently (laughs) you guess (laughs) i can you can't relate but you guess (laughs) i can share that first poem if you want yeah i'd love to i brought it today it's you asked about poems about my development so Uh this is this is college perfect it's called the spaniard i made a spaniard come last night but i was not in spain i was on my computer His info said, Spain, 48. His face, hair, and air of secrecy spoke to something a little older. He likes young boys. I am 19. He liked my ass and spread for me his own. Necessary! We both had a good time, as far as anonymous internet love can be good. This scares my girlfriend. She thinks a Spaniard will steal me away. He came, I came, but my favorite part was when I showed my face. When you showed your face? Mm-hmm. After the coming? Once again, I don't remember the specific chronology. Maybe after the coming. So Probably not, actually. What happened, it sounds like, is you were both wearing masks. <laughs> and then after the sex, you're like, It's me! <laughs> yeah, I took off my porky pig mask and I was like... Hey. <laughs> No, no, just the, just where the camera was pointed, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. I think probably he was like, show me your ass, and I was like, okay. And then mm-hmm. he was like, show me your face, and I was like, okay. Oh. And then he came. I, I feel like once he came, I was like, whoa, this is a lot. I'm going to sign off now. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna... Oh, wait, this was over the internet? Yeah. This was like a chat roulette kind of thing. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. I know. The next day I was reeling from it, and so in the dining hall I was like, I need to remember this experience. Reeling as in you thought like you you didn't like it. Oh no, I just was like, what happened? That was Mm -hmm. very intense. Holy crap. Yeah. What were the moments leading up to your decision to do this? Horniness. Mm Mm-hmm. Being alone in my dorm room. You had a, did you have a girlfriend at the time? Mm-hmm. The same girlfriend. And did you tell her about this? Yeah. Yeah. I think that very next day I told her. Oh my god. What did she... How did she respond? Well, to quote the poem, she thinks a Spaniard will steal me away. That was... But th- that <laughs> that was the extent of her response. <laughs> it wasn't like... It wasn't like anger or... Or confusion, it was like... I think at that point we had talked about being open. We mm-hmm. were in a something of an open relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think she was... Her recurrent fear through our relationship, being open and being not just attracted to women, was, oh, men can give you something that I can never give you. Mm-hmm. And so that was her biggest concern always. Okay. But, you know, it was some dude in Spain. It's not like... 
he's a threat to our relationship. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to... So, I'm going to ask you some questions. Let me... If you're uncomfortable answering them, that's fine. I'm probably happy to answer them. So, you're bisexual. Or no? For the record, I guess I'll say I'm pansexual. What is pansexual? It's like bisexual without reaffirming a gender binary. So, it doesn't... Okay. So, it's like not men or women. It's like anyone. It's like men or women or I have been attracted to people who don't identify as mm-hmm. either of those oh okay so i personally identify as a man but mm-hmm. i don't require it of my partners your first feelings of romance were they towards who were they towards Ooh. <sighs> that first tingle <laughs> i'm trying to channel that tingle mm-hmm. there were some some folks i guess predominantly women girls mm-hmm. yeah i can name names if that's what oh no you don't have to name names i'm just i'm more curious so is it started off with women and then and then i guess at some point you started having those feelings towards and i don't really remember when that moment happened actually let me back it up because it's like two different tracks in my yeah. mind like i didn't understand that i wasn't straight until mm-hmm. college And I had this big revelation of like, whoa, those feelings I've had for penises, that means I'm not straight. (laughs) Uh, Because previously they'd been very compartmentalized. Yeah. And I had had some like lightweight experiences with, like I'm thinking about a friend of mine Uh who we had some boyhood tomfoolery. Boyhood tomfoolery. So Mm -hmm. this is before college? Oh, very much, yeah. Probably middle school. Uh, A lot happened in middle school, clearly. Okay, I want to ask you about this in one second, but we're going to take a short break because I need to check my phone. Welcome back to Story Tadpole. Uh, I'm with my guest, Hogan Williams, um, poet extraordinaire from Santa Cruz, and my good friend. Um, Our converse, I, I kind of feel bad I interrupted that and really interesting uh, thing that I thought was going on. And we were talking about um, your, kind of your, uh, what's the word for it? Sexuality. Yeah, your sexuality. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I was just curious. So you're saying like your first romantic feelings were, were towards women, but then in college you were having some feelings towards other people with other identities i would say my first romantic feelings happened towards women and i also had some early sexual feelings towards men Hmm. and then in college both of those continued and also some people who were not women or men oh wow what were these experiences that you were talking about in middle school with your friend oh you know like hey is that a penis wow that is like my penis. Mm-hmm. What if I were to touch it? Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. I actually have had those experiences too. Really? I really haven't talked about them. I kind of have pushed Whoa. them back. Whoa. Um, pushed them, pushed them down, because for me it was actually in elementary school or even mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. where I was having my friend and I had some, some stuff like that <laughs> going on. This might um, have been elementary school for me too i'm not sure huh 
that's very uh, brave of you to share that on the show. Thank you. I admire your vulnerability. Well, I mean, the way I see it is it's like, if it was, you know, I was showing like some gay things, there were some gay things going on. Um, but I, yeah, I don't see why there's any reason to be ashamed of that. Right on. And it seems, I mean, I hope that's like, or I'm actually kind of curious. So your experience coming out, if you ever had that experience, what was that like for you? Um, the first, cause you never, like, you can't come out to everyone all at once. Mm -hmm. Right. So the first time I came out, it was at a party with my, at the time, very close group of friends. Mm -hmm. And my memory of that is being pretty wasted on the kitchen floor and kind of just like shouting through laughter, like, Hey everybody, I'm not straight. <laughs> So that Did was they respond very supportively and hilariously. Oh, nice! I think it was like, that's great. Let's drink more. Huh? <laughs> it's it a good time. That sounds like an excellent uh, coming out. <laughs> yeah, I've been very fortunate. I came out to my parents a few years back. They were just kind of like, oh, okay, and then changed the conversation. Really? Yeah. Are they religious or anything like that? No, I think okay. they're just kind of don't know how to handle stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting i actually so i don't want to keep talking about myself too much but i this Please. is just reminding me of um there was a time so i like I, i'm straight but there was a time when i was questioning yeah if i was or not mm. um because i i wasn't feeling things towards men but i also wasn't really feeling things towards women or anyone for that matter. Ace. Yeah, I was like, and I didn't even know what asexual was. Yeah. So that wasn't even one of the things I was questioning. Yeah. But my grandpa, I remember my grandpa, he's like, Eric, so you haven't, you haven't had a girlfriend. You've never had a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And he's like, I think you're uh, you're a gay. You're one of those gays. <laughs> He didn't. Whoa. He did. Um, and I was just like, no. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But that that was kind of like the... I mean, he, he was joking. Maybe he wasn't joking. I have no idea. But that was kind of the moment where I'm like, whoa. Maybe I am gay. And then for the, a while, I actually I watched like some gay porn. Nice. Just to see if it kind of got me going. And? It, it didn't. But... Um, it was just interesting to have that experience, I guess. I wonder if that, if my grandpa had said that, I think I would have been terrified of being one of the gays. <laughs> one of the gays. But I don't know your grandpa, and I don't know the implications of him saying that. I don't think he, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what his views are towards gay people. I think he's fine with that. But I just, yeah, I didn't want to be... You know, the way he said it like that, I didn't want to be one of those people. Yeah. It's hard to be one of those people, even in our society at the point it's at now. Yeah. It's, even though it's accepted, you know, there's still a difference in how queer people are seen, are treated, even in subtle ways where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's it's easier to not be queer, I would say, to just... Yeah. Definitely. I mean, uh, definitely it is. Yeah. I'm like... But... Our society has 
it seemed to have come a long way. Maybe not everywhere. Oh, yeah. Definitely not everywhere, but in some places, like here. Yeah. Well, I think it's also a point where it's easier to not be queer, but it's also kind of like, wah, wah. Like you'll get a lot of like, like I almost feel sorry for straight people. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is that? You know, it's it's cool to be to be queer. And, yeah. And you have a larger pool of a huge r- pool. romantic and sexual partners. Yeah, especially if you're, you know, if you're pansexual. That's... Literally everyone. Okay, so the term pansexual, I agree with, like, its theoretical underpinnings, but also I think of pan, like, the... Bread. Who? No, it's just bread in Spanish. Oh. And bread sexual. Sorry. (laughs) That was a dumb joke. Well, now I'm going to be thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah, I love me some sourdough. Mm -hmm. But also the the god, the the goat god, right? Yeah. With the, the horns. Yeah. So I think of that. I'm not sexually like, attracted to goats. <laughs> yeah, that was my next question. Usually. Okay. Um, but sometimes you are. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't definitively strike it out. Okay. <laughs> um, um, why, why though, then pan if you're not sexually attracted to goats? Or is it just the word that... It's the word, yeah. Pan as in across the spectrum. Okay. Yeah, you do have a big pool. I really do. Especially in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Does it ever make um, building relationships with people difficult or easier for that matter? How? The the pan aspect or the open Well, the aspect? I, I just feel like the pan aspect, um, because there could be sexual tension with anyone like there's the potential for sexual tension with anyone mm-hmm. and everyone like i said the um the relationship i shared with audrey mm-hmm. who is the girlfriend who's referenced in more of my poems than i thought um yeah she was frequently worried about that because it's like if you know i'm i'm just vanilla straight um if my partner is with is with other women i'm not feeling jealous but if she's around other guys maybe mm. i mean i try my best not to like be jealous not to be a jealous sure boyfriend but, but makes um, sense. i think it's like the same thing if i'm hanging out with a bunch of women she'll her feelings might not be jealousy but they'll be different than if i was hanging out with a bunch of guys yeah i think that's I think the people I tend to be in relationships with know that going into it and mm-hmm. are on some level okay with that. And then I think it's also, like, I'm glad to put people in that position because I think it makes people, or it could make people question their presumptions about gender and what it means to be hanging out with a group of women or a group of men, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if your girlfriend would be understandably more comfortable with you hanging out with a group of guys, doesn't that assume that all the guys are straight on some level? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does, actually. But it's weird. It's like, for me, there's an automatic... Mm -hmm. It's like an automatic thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not even thinking... I'm not thinking to myself, like, all these guys are straight. I'm jealous. It's just like an automatic assumption. Which I feel really bad now about saying that. I think, once again, I commend you for your bravery in, in, <laughs> in saying it. Because I think that's real. I 
I have some, I mean, I am queer, but I also have internalized homophobia, for instance. Mm. Like, I, I like being open about that. Um, what does that mean? Meaning, well, like I said earlier, I, you know, there are parts of me that even to this day are like resistant to being seen as, as queer or as gay or anything like that. Hmm. Just because of like the baggage that I know can come with it. Yeah. I'm going to say something now that, uh, that I've been thinking about. Wonderful. In terms of like just being homosexual in general. Or, or being whatever sexuality you are, if it's not straight. Mm. Um, I kind of... So it's weird It's weird to me that I don't find... Sometimes it's weird to me that I don't find men sexually attractive. Mm. Because I am so sexual with myself, and I'm a man. Mm. Are you saying you masturbate a lot? Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, <laughs> I'm totally comfortable... And sometimes turned on by my own body. I get that. I mean, you have to be to some extent because you're having when you when you have sex with someone, you're also having sex with you're using your own body. Like your own body's Whoa. there. Whoa. Um, so you, if you're turned off by yourself, then you're just it's not going to work. No matter who your partner is, people struggle a lot with that. Yeah. Some people. Yeah. Not us. <laughs> No, not us. Because I just imagine you. <laughs> and I imagine you, and yeah, so yeah. it works out really well. Yeah. Um, but it's weird then, because like I do think the 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 body of a of a of a guy can be like sexy. I mean, the the evidence is that I have sex and I'm there with my body. Right. You know, you're not like there's a guy body here, gross. Even though it's mine. Yeah, yeah. But some for some reason for me it doesn't translate to other. I, it's kind of like farts, right? It's like <laughs> I like my own. You know, I'll yeah. bask in my own. I'll pull the covers over my head. Yeah. But um, I won't be in there with someone else. You know, okay. if someone else farts, I won't trap myself. In what there. if it's a woman? If the woman farts, yeah. So good. That's where the analogy fails, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it is interesting. I don't know what to say about that other than, you know, something, something deep philosophy, something about, you know, the distinction between ourselves and others and mm -hmm. the, the deep abyss between my sense of myself and my sense of things that are not myself. Huh. All right. Well, I have nothing to respond right now. I'm kind of lost um, in my own head. Should I? I but I do want to hear another poem. <laughs> okay, perfect. <clears throat> this one's called Why We Must Make Love More Often. Soon after they leave, the clothes come off and the beer comes out. On the surface, a practical way to beat the heat. I would have done it for the freedom. Seeing my naked body in the mirror, shocked. I smile. Not bad. Long ago learned to mistrust my judgments. Others' complaint is my gain. And really, why wear clothes when the air drapes around you like a walk-in closet you can't escape? I think of a family where this is the norm. In a hot area, insecurities adapt. Then sink into creepy scenarios and am grateful for the solitude. I have three days for a nude phase, and of it I'll make the most. 
To bear my truth is to work with solid materials, so when the wind kicks up and blows away the sheets, I've built something real. Inhibited as we are, taboo nude excites, a reminder that you're real and private parts are fun. I like that a lot. I didn't mean for that to be so spot on with what we were talking about before, but... It really is. It really was. Um, What does that mean to you in this context right now? That poem? Yeah. What can I say that the poem hasn't already said? I could tell you the backstory. Yeah. I was home alone in high school. Mm -hmm. And I had the house to myself for like the weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just got naked and, and <laughs> hung out outside wow, on the back deck. So liberating. It really was. Wow. Um, that's interesting because I naturally am not a naked person. Mm. I remember my first partner slept naked um, all the time. Mm. And she was like, why are you not sleeping naked? And I didn't, for some reason, didn't like it. I mean, now I'm fine with it. I don't sleep naked. Why? Well, because then my my dirty naked body's touching the sheets. You wake up with a uh, stand poop stain <laughs> on your sheets. Yeah, I think I'm just farting. And... <laughs> um, but it is actually very liberating. I do find it really liberating now. Yeah. Sleeping naked. Just being naked, yeah. I think. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Have you ever been naked in front of people? Yes. That you aren't romantically involved with? Yes. How does that feel for you? Really great. In fact, it's something I wish I had more here in Santa Cruz. Huh. Um, when I was living in Chico a couple of years ago, Chico, California. Yeah. Um, I befriended this group of naturists, not yeah. naturalists, but naturists, mm-hmm. right? As in folks who like to get naked and went on a naked hike or two with them attended a couple naked game nights with them wow it was really cool because it was like sex sex stuff wasn't totally off the table but it also was really not the emphasis the emphasis was let's all feel comfortable in our own bodies around other people um so there were people of all body types there and i think the general feeling was wow this is so cool that i can be open about and share my body Mm -hmm. have it be accepted not have it be sexualized although i will say one of the game nights did turn into something sexual an orgy (laughs) kind of wow small orgy i can't even like comprehend doing that there was even one point in one of the board games when for some reason, one of the silly rules, uh, the person with whom I would later have sex came and had to sit on my lap. But, Whoa. but it was totally, it was you didn't totally feel kosher. any excitement. I didn't. Wow. I think because I was so much like, don't sexualize this. You're just hanging out, accept the nudity. It reminds me of like a family guy episode. I don't even watch Family Guy that much, but I remember this one episode where Quagmire, the, like, overly sexual character, Mm -hmm. is trying to, like, tame his own sexuality. So he puts a ceiling fan, like, hangs it really, really low to the couch, 
and then he lays down on the couch and turns the fan on. Oh, nice. And so if he gets an erection, it'll go into the fan. <laughs> and he's just, like, laying there, like, don't get it. Like, don't. Come on, come on, come on. That's um, not a... Not a approach i would condone necessarily but yeah i hope it worked for quagmire <laughs> i don't i don't remember if it worked or not yeah maybe not the smartest way to do that um wow i yeah for me i guess i just i'm okay with other being people being naked but i'm kind of one of those people that if there's a lot of naked people even like skinny dipping or something yeah i'll be hesitant to take my clothes off. Really? Are you worried you're gonna pop a pop a bony? No. Um, I think actually the opposite. <laughs> um, let me tell you a quick story. Love it. Okay, this so is I story tadpole after. Yeah, that. this is story tadpole. I went on a bike trip after college, and I was biking. Um, at one point, I ended up in the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho, mm. and I got to this hot spring. I was the only one there I went to this hot spring I had like my underwear on or whatever um it was really nice I was the only one there in the mountains suddenly like eight women come prancing over the hill and come into the into the hot spring with me so it's now me and eight women there and I find out they're having a bachelorette party and they take all of their clothes off and then they say to me that I can only stay if I take my underwear off. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, come on, come on, just take them off, stop me, whatever. And so I I did. Nice. But I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. And like, I just was embarrassed and nervous. And my penis, I, I swear to God, my penis like retracted into my body. And Close. so it just... It really made me like uncomfortable and really made me feel um, insecure because my penis looked like so so much smaller than I thought it should have. And I thought they were like, I thought they were all looking at it, which they weren't, but I thought like... They're probably giving it some side eye. Yeah. So, okay. Then it gets worse. All right. So suddenly another guy comes prancing over the hill. All right. This European guy from like Brussels or something. Classic. And he gets naked before he even gets it. Like he 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 sees this, he's like, hey! And he just ripped off rips off his underwear. And he just jumps in. This guy, and so right when he jumps in, he starts getting an erection. And so now I have this scared little penis. And he has this like steadily growing penis that like looks virile and whatever. And uh I was like, this sucks. So you know what I did? Mm. I got out, like kind of shielded my own like shriveled wang. And I went behind a rock and started like trying to masturbate so that I can get a partial erection. Wow. And I just couldn't. Like I felt so uncomfortable and so insecure about myself Mm -hmm. that I couldn't do it. And the worst part of the whole experience was there was another hot spring, like another little pool. And I didn't know that. And so this other, these two other people were watching me try to get an <laughs> erection. And so I was like, I cannot be here. So I just left, I just left my underwear. I left my underwear and like ran back to my tent and just like, went to, you know, that was the end. Whoa. 
And I think that kind of maybe scarred me for in terms of just like being naked. I'm always worried that my penis will like retract into itself mm-hmm. like it did that time. And even but the the weird part is like I don't know why that would even matter, you know? It's not like a size thing when you're naked. But I can get it on some level. Like maybe yeah. it's maybe you were afraid that by not getting hard they would think that you weren't attracted to them and that you were mm. not virile and not full of testosterone and ready to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you said fuck there. It was good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right. Like on, I wasn't thinking about that, but I think under the surface that is, I think, what was going on. That also sounds like a really charged scenario. Like if I were you in that moment, I think I may have responded similarly because if you're alone in the mountains and like a group of people you're sexually attracted to gets naked and is like, get naked with us. That doesn't sound like my experience with a group of friends, like comfortably, safely, like let's, let's platonically be naked together. That sounds like, Ooh, this could turn into a sexual experience of my dreams. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure, a ton of pressure. And you don't know, like I wouldn't know Mm -hmm. like, Oh, do I get a hard on and then great it'll be sexy or will that make them uncomfortable and really I should right exactly I didn't know what to do my penis didn't know what to do no one knew what to do except for that European guy apparently knew what to do <laughs> one of those people in the other hot tub they knew <laughs> yeah they just observed take it all in when I looked at them their mouths were just <laughs> wide open they didn't say anything first of all like I didn't see them until or I didn't know they were there until I saw them. They were just looking at me. Can, I felt so uncomfortable. Can I ask how many minutes you think they'd been watching you? Oh, less than a minute. I okay. mean, like 30 seconds. But still, 30 seconds of like... Could they see the other pool and what was going on? That's a good question. Because I'm just wondering their experience. I think either way, it's hilarious. <laughs> if a guy just starts like masturbating his flaccid penis. Yeah. Or if he, if that's happening and you know it's because of this whole other naked situation. <laughs> either way, that's hilarious. You're like, why is this guy doing this in front of us right now? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> He's obviously not even into it. Why is he doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would have. I wish I only saw them after they said to me, it's not working. (laughs) I wish we could see them now. Yeah. I hope you meet them sometime. I wonder if they remember me. I mean, how could they forget, honestly? Like, who? you're not going to forget that. That's the great thing about the mountains, though. You just run into folks and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And I think that the European guy actually did end up going back with them and like had some sex with them what makes you think that because their friends uh his the european guy's friends were at the campsite Mm. and the next morning when i woke up i'm like where's your friend and they're like he went with those women (laughs) back to their wherever they they were staying in like a like a not in the tent somewhere else right Hmm. well i'm glad those folks had a good time anyway yeah presumably Part of me was jealous. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know. As glad as I am that they had a good time, I'm sad for you that you did not have a good time. I am. I'm happy I have that story, though. It's a great story. <laughs> Thanks.
Um, all right. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer. All right. Because we are at the, uh, I don't know what mark we're at. But I do want to, I, I don't, I'm struggling because I don't want to keep you like too much longer, but I also want to hear your all your poems. Well, all my poems, that'd be too many poems. But why don't I read two, three more poems? Yes. But maybe I'll just read them one after the other. Well, we can say a few things about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can say a few things about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first two are kind of shit posts. One of my favorite poems I've mm-hmm. written, but the others are going to be fun too. Okay. So let, I'll just go into it. Mm-hmm. This one's called Year In, Year Out. <clears throat> year In, Year Out. My father would ask me to bring firewood to our front porch from the big pile. A cord, maybe two. I didn't enjoy it. It pulled me out of the house. But now? Now it's no more year in, year out! (laughs) That's that poem. Can I read it one more time? Yes, please. Year in, year out. My father would ask me to bring firewood to our front porch from the big pile. A cord, maybe two. I didn't enjoy it. It pulled me out of the house. But now? Now it's no more year in, year out. <laughs> I actually think I like the whispering one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like them all because the poem is awesome. But I do like the whispering one. Yeah. Why? Okay, first of all, what's a cord? A cord is a measurement of firewood. Whoa. It's, I forget the dimensions. It's a pretty solid amount of firewood. Wow, it's a quarter two, so you had to, that's a lot. We had a pretty big stack. Why no more year in, year out? I think that's a poem that I kind of just want to skip over and go to the next one. Because <laughs> I can't tell you. You don't have to explain it. I, I think... I can't explain it. That's good. I'm happy. It's beyond words. <laughs> it is well beyond words. Although it's also literally just words. <laughs> that's true, also. I think... If I had to say something about that poem, it's something about the passing of time mm-hmm. and how my father doesn't ask me to do that anymore. Well, he uh, does, but we don't even own that house anymore. So do you miss, do you kind of miss him asking you to do that? Yeah. It was like nostalgic. It was like all, I mean, year in, year out, it was like all the years of my childhood. Wow. And then I went to college and I don't have to do that anymore. It wasn't just year in also year out it was year in and year out yeah huh. you know just something that's such a big part of my life and now it's no more year in year out do you ever think about going home with a cord of firewood <laughs> and being like look what i brought you dad um no because i don't have the hauling capabilities to bring a cord of firewood didn't you so it's more than a armful listeners should look up a cord of firewood. It's it's a lot of firewood. <laughs> all right, we'll take your word for it. Um, all right, do you want to read the next one? Sure. <clears throat> this one's this one has a concept to it. I think listeners will pick up on the concept from the title, mm-hmm. which is predictive text poetry. So this is predictive text poetry. The fact I can see it as an excuse for the next few weeks, 
Of a sudden, it was the best of the day, before I get a follow-back on my way home from work, to be the first half of the day, before I get a follow-back on my way home from work, to be the first half of the year, and the first half of the year, and the first half of the day, I have a great way. Of the year, of high quality of life. And the other hand is the only thing that would have to go back, and the other hand is the only thing that would have to go back. And the first half of the year of high quality of life. And the other day, I have a great way of the day. I have to go back. And the first half of the day before the end of the year, and a great day for the next few weeks. That's amazing. <laughs> so this was, these were things that were showing up in your text when you were trying to type? So I don't know if phones, yeah, they probably still do this. Like you type a letter and it's like, yeah. is this the word you meant? Yeah, or it yeah, gives yeah, you yeah. a couple options. Yeah, definitely they yeah. still do that. So I just kind of kept pressing what it, like I would type, like the first word it suggested was the. Uh -huh. And so I was like, okay, yes, the. And the next word it suggested was fact. So I pressed fact. So it's very unartistic on my part. I didn't write those words. Tech wrote those words. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, but also, in some sense, it's me, because I think it bases those predictions somewhat on the algorithm's understanding of what I Whoa. say and how I speak. So this is like the unfilled, like, this is <laughs> this is the machine's interpretation of who you are. Yeah, that's, that's my id right there, basically. Oh, my God. How did you get that idea to write? Uh... Honestly, some friends and I were just doing it for fun, sending it, sending texts back and forth to each other. Yeah. Like starting from random words and seeing what it suggested to us. Uh huh. Frequently hilarious. I recommend it. Yeah. I think it's also kind of profound how it's like, it reminds me of starting over, hmm. of just like deciding to begin anew in a way. Hmm. And I liked it a lot. Is that because a lot of the lines, like, repeated and started over? Yeah, but yeah. also because... Can you read the last few lines of it again? Sure. Um, and the first half of the year of high quality of life. And the other day, I have a great way of the day. I have to go back. And the first half of the day before the end of the year, and a great day for the next few weeks. <laughs> That it's honestly genius. Like I no one okay, that computer is a genius because that is poetry and I like I don't know, I would have never ever been able to come up with anything like that. That's just amazing. I know. It's fun. I you should do it yourself. Just put in my main complaint with this poem is it's a little repetitious. It just talks about like the first half of the day and the year and like it really hammers home a few phrases i'd love to see the first half of the day why is that is that a phrase you use a lot i don't know maybe do you talk often about when like someone asks you about your day do you say like well the first half of the day was like this but then perhaps the insights into my own psyche i didn't even know i can imagine you it's like your birthday you're giving a speech and you're like I just want to talk about the first half of this year, all right? <laughs> the first half of this year was pretty good. All these things happened. And then, like, you, you start talking about the second half. The second half of the year of high quality of life. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I'm really quickly, I'm just curious. I want to, like, see what it says Amazing. if I do it. Just, like, one sentence. Do you have a word? I would encourage you to start with the, like my poem starts, but... Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in a text to you. Okay. 
the okay, only thing I can think of is that I have to go to the store and get some rest. Get some rest at the store? Well, that's not over. And feel better soon. Can, can I read this to you? Yeah, let's see. The only thing I can think of is that I have to go to the store and get some rest and feel better soon. That's the only thing you can think of. Um, all right, I'm going to continue one more, one more little part. And that is why I am asking for a friend to talk to you about it. <laughs> Ooh, I like the cryptic note it ends on. I'm asking for a friend. I have said that phrase in text message before. Definitely. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I definitely was just asking for myself. But like. Can we hear the whole, the whole thing? Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that I have to go to the store and get some rest and feel better soon. And that is why I'm asking for a friend to talk to you about it. I really love the idea of going to the store to get some rest. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the rest store, just buy some rest. Yeah. Um, all right, Hogan. Well, I think it's time to read the final poem. All right. And I'll say what a pleasure it's been reading on yeah. Story Tadpole today. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's really quite an honor. This, this has been, for I don't know about for my listeners, I mean... I do know because they'll they're you and me, <laughs> but um, I've really enjoyed this. I've really enjoyed this time. I feel like I've gotten to know you better. No, likewise, and I feel it feels like a recognition of my artistry that I don't often give myself. It makes me feel like a real ass poet. Yeah, you're the kid who wasn't in the spotlight, but wanted to be. I caught that frisbee. And yeah, now you're in the spotlight. This is the spotlight. I can't wait until the New York Times has me on their headlines after this. <laughs> right? That's where you. That's where you go next. They, yeah. they write about your show, right? Oh yeah, nice. They only write about my show. <laughs> they don't write about anything else. If you read between the lines, it all, it all comes back to story tadpole. Yeah. If you put a black light up to the New York Times page, it just says story tadpole, story tadpole. <laughs> I've heard if you put a black light up to the New York Times, they actually print it on original copies of the Constitution. Really? That's what I've heard. I, I don't have a black light to test it. Well, you should always believe things you hear. Yeah, especially <laughs> on a podcast. All right, so this last poem, I guess I'll say in Santa Cruz today, it's overcast mm -hmm. and a little rainy. But that's in Santa Cruz, and a lot of California is heading into real summer now. Real summer brings heat. Mm -hmm. Shout out to climate change. So this poem was written when I wasn't living in Santa Cruz, and I was living somewhere much hotter. And it's called Reclaiming the Liminal Zone. The heat's been too much this long summer. Our AC working OT to keep us cool, for now. So you can't leave the door open long, have to keep it shut. Dark too, preferably, blinds drawn. 
Some people seek out sensory deprivation. It's quite a trip, floating in space. Me, I like my feet on the ground. How different the air when it's wild, free-range oxygen. How different the mood while touching sunlight. If you have forgotten how to be at home in the world, find a threshold and sit on it. I'm just going to let it sit. I love that. I don't even want to ask you any questions about it. Perfect. But I do want to end story tadpole the way that I have been ending it recently, which is with two lies and a truth. Oh, I forgot to prepare for this. Okay, great. No, that's fine. It's going to be off the dome. Um, that's fine. You can no No preparation needed. You can just... You can also just do all lies whoa, or all truths. Whoa, whoa, okay. Two lies and a truth, huh? Also, I forget what I've told you. I feel like I've given so much of myself in this recording. There's nothing left. You might contradict yourself. And you might know. Yeah. You'll see through me. I hope so. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll say that the first one of my either lies or truths, truth, is that I've played many instruments in my time, such as piano, such as saxophone, but that I actually started, well not started, I started on piano, but I played tuba for a while in middle school. Oh, you were a tuba player. I started with that, and then transit. I didn't like tuba because it wasn't very versatile, so I went to saxophone. If this is a lie, this is a really good lie. <laughs> my second thing I would like to share. Yep. <laughs> for your judgment is that I have summited Mount Shasta. Mm. I've been to the top. How was it? Because I've been up there too, so I know what it looks like. Yeah. What did the very top look like? Well, it was covered in snow. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. There were some rocks. Yeah. And a view. Actually, we were so high up, we were above the clouds. Oh. So I couldn't even see the rest of the land below. It's a pretty good lie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my last lie or truth you'll never mm -hmm. know. Hmm. Dead air. Dead air is really good for podcasts. Yeah. Um. Well, that reminds me, actually, mm -hmm. that I was born unconscious and needed resuscitation they had to hook me up to a machine oh my um, god yeah did you survive some would say <laughs> well Hoken, you don't have to tell which one is the line which one's the truth that's not part of it but Ooh. um is there anything you w you would like to leave the listeners with hmm i would like to leave the listeners with an enhanced sense of their own power as conscious beings. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say, check me out on Twitter. 
Oh yeah, share your share your Twitter if you want. Give me a follow uh, at H Yams. That's H W I L L I E Y A M S. I'm hoping to release poetry soon. I'm hoping to release a book I'm working on. Mm. I also just post random thoughts. So if any listeners out there liked what they heard from me today, which I don't see why that would be the case, but in case I don't see why they wouldn't. I honestly don't. I think you're going to lose a lot of listeners after this episode. No, no, no. <laughs> this will be the longest episode, but we'll get through it. They better. Yeah. Um, well, thank you again. This was so fun for me. I'm going to leave my listeners with just one final reminder to get yourself tested. Um, seriously, get yourself tested. It's always, especially if you're with someone and you haven't been tested since you've been with them. And I'll say on that note, even if you don't have symptoms. Yeah. Because uh, you don't always need symptoms to be a carrier. And you know what's not cool? Giving someone a disease. That is not, yeah. It's not cool at all. I mean, that's, unless they consent to it, I guess that's okay then. Yeah. And actually, I, I have heard of like some parasites that help you. Like there are some kinds of parasites that actually can enhance you in some ways. Like there's this one I saw that lives in your ear, but it actually increases your, um, like makes your hearing better. Whoa. Yeah. And there's the one cats spread that makes you love cats more. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's fucking wild. I'm down with that one. I love cats. I'm oh totally infected. well on that note thank you and i'll see you um we'll see you when we see you bye 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 and uh Anyway, that concludes this episode of Story Tadpole. If you want to send me an email, that would be great, telling me which one you think is the lie or the truths. My email is eric.josh.grossman at gmail.com. I'll put it in the description for the episode. If you liked it, if you liked this episode, leave me a review on your favorite podcasting app. And uh, the music this week, again, by Quentin Schaefer. He's done an amazing job. I'll put some links to his other work in the description for this episode. Farewell, my friends who are listening. I love you. Bye. And, uh...